We're down in Houston, Texas at an undisclosed location, meeting up with Everyday Shooter from YouTube. Going to do the interview, get that released. Really excited to show you guys something a little bit different. In-person interview. It's going to be the first time I've ever done anything like that on this channel. Let's go. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another Costly Conversations. This is season two. I am so excited to be doing some in-person interviews. Today, we have Everyday Shooter in the house, YouTuber, uh, Everyday Shooter. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. I'm so happy you're on the show. Oh, well, appreciate you having me, man. Um, well, I started out uh, into guns probably, uh, probably a few years ago, probably about four or five years ago. I wasn't doing it the right way. Uh, I was yeah. kind of just, you know, going with that mentality. People were saying, you know, I'd rather be carried by six than judged by 12, yeah. drilled by 12 and carried by six. And that's really not a smart way to, you know, to do things and carry, you know, and, and things like that. So I decided um, after a few incidents that happened over the course of probably into high school to now, uh, be it, whether it be a home invasion that I, I had to go through, um, had a couple instances where things were stolen from me, robbed from me, um, and just I've got two girls now. So I've got one that's one and a half, and one that's seven, about to be eight, and like yeah. next week. So um, I'm the protector, you know, I'm the protector of my family, uh, both above me and below me. Um, so I figured that the only thing right to do would be to, you know, to protect myself, arm myself, and on top of that, once I do that. Uh, go further and learn as much as I can as far as training and things like that. For anybody who tells you they know anything or know everything, they're lying. I guarantee you there's something that they don't know. Yeah. Especially with me, I'm like I said, I was like, I'm an open slate. Uh, at this point, I'm just trying to soak up as much as I can with as far as the two-way community because it can kind of sometimes it can be really clickish in the two-way community. It can be, bro. Very. And, uh, oh, man, we I'm can talk having, about that. Right, and I'm having to learn a lot of that about the two-way community because it's kind of a nuance or a new niche for us as well, you know, people right. like us. And so sometimes we're still trying to get our foot in in places that don't necessarily want us there. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we're just trying to do as much as we can to be safe, to be vigilant, and just to learn as much as we can. Um, and I'm just trying to help facilitate, facilitate that both for myself and for other people. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about, I know you said there is a home invasion. Um, let's get into that. Spare no details. All right. Uh, well, uh, I was in college and I was going to college on the East Coast. So I went from Houston all the way to East Coast. Uh, I went to Hampton University out in Virginia. Yeah. And people who aren't really familiar with that area, it's got the school and then the surrounding areas. And the surrounding areas, we just used to call them the locals because you could tell them from a mile away. Yeah. And just a lot of things that... I wasn't used to uh, coming from here, going over there. So I probably left myself open to a few things, uh, vulnerabilities that I probably wouldn't have now. Uh, but what happened on that night uh, was that uh, a few of my friends had went to a party that was off campus and I just didn't want to go. And they happened to have an apartment that was off campus and I lived on campus. So a lot of the rules and things were just super rigid on campus so it was the weekend yeah. so i was like i'm just chill here and we've got a couple of our friends who are freshmen who are also coming to meet so it was like just wait you know at our apartment and uh you know they'll be over there and they're gonna stay the night for us because they're you know they're, they're not trying to deal with the dorm situation either. yeah so i'm expecting them to come and when they come 
I, I, I go to the door, I hear a knock on the door, and the music is loud, so I couldn't tell if it was a regular knock or if it was just somebody trying to knock over the, the music or whatever. So I go to the door, and as soon as I put my hand on the door, boom, I kick it in. Kicking your door. Right. So it's four dudes, four dudes with guns and masks, put me on the, put me on the ground, kicking me, you know, pistol whipping me, all kind of stuff. So at this, and this is none of my stuff. This is not even my apartment, right? Bro, so that's not even your place. It's not even my apartment. What? So they're like, where's the drugs? Where's the money? This, and I'm like, dude, I don't live here. I don't know none of what you're talking about, you know? So he took my phone off me, gave me a couple of kicks for the road. Then I guess it was like, you know, count to 30 and, you know, are we gonna kill you, basically. I'm like, okay. And at this point, I'm thinking, I'm kind of calming down a little bit because I'm like, if they was gonna kill me, they probably would have did it already. Yeah. So at this point, I'm just like, man, just let them, because I, like I said, I don't really have a whole lot of skin in the game at this point. Yeah, that's not your place. Yeah, I just yeah. want them to leave at this point. Yeah. But while they have two, you know, holding me down here, you got the rest of the ransacking the apartment, taking clothes, taking shoes, I guess looking for weed, because uh, the, the dude whose apartment was, he was selling like nickel bags out of, you know, college, whatever. But anyway, I guess they thought he had something there, so they came in, and I just happened to have the bad luck of being there when right. they decided to do that. Yeah. So wrong place, wrong time. Right. So that was one instance. Uh, another instance I had it was at another college when I transferred in San Antonio. Uh, had another apartment. A gentleman I thought was a friend of mine. That's another thing, y'all be careful. Everybody's not your friend. Right. Uh, so uh, this gentleman, uh, we had hung out. You know, he met my parents, met my friends. He had actually even went to my graduation for college. What? Yeah, actually went to my graduation for college. How is that person not a friend? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out, right? So one day when we're all out, we went to go party on Sixth Street. All of a sudden, he just starts acting really weird, like just really just acting like off. So. I, you know, I come up to him, kind of just, you know, trying to check his temperature, like, what's, what's the deal? Something's going on. I, I don't know if he knows somebody there that's got a beef with him or something like that, you know, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And he starts looking at me like I'm the target of his anger. So I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you know what, the, you know what's going on? You know, this and that. He's like, you the one that killed my kid. And I'm like, huh? What you what now? Say that again. He's like, you the one that killed my kid. You the one this and that. And I'm like, and at this point, he's about to swing. So I wrap him up. I'm like, dude, you need to calm down, chill. What, what are you talking like? And this fool turns around and tries to bite my face. Like literally try to bite my face. Yo. This dude is in a part, he lives in the same apartment complex as me. Like, so when we get back, there's no escaping. We go back to San Antonio. Right. He comes back acting like, you know, he was just trying to apologize and things like that. Next thing I know, this dude is over here trying to look through my house, talking about, he grabs my phone throws my phone in the ground, says, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna go, uh, I got your address, I got your driver, I'm gonna go f your mama, I'm gonna go kill your mama, this and that. I'm like, bro, what the, I'm like, at this point, I'm dumbfounded. I don't even know where it's coming from, what's coming from, like, turns out he's just like, you think you're just gonna be over here, excuse my language, you're just gonna be over here f***ing these hoes and this and that and thinking that you better than me and this and that, I'm like, Bro, what I, is I even going on? What is going on here? Yo, is he like, is he crazy? Like, I don't know. I haven't seen him since. Like, yeah. I haven't seen him one time since then. But that's, that's, that was two instances, and that was like kind of like one of the last straw. Yeah. One of the last straws, crazy, right? Yeah. One of the last straws. Had another instance with a gentleman that I was on school campus with while I was on probation at the time, so I really couldn't even defend myself. I couldn't have a firearm. I tried to go yeah. get one legally. I got, Turned away by the ATF because I was still on probation right. for a misdemeanor. For a misdemeanor. For a misdemeanor. Right. I think that's an interesting topic that you can get caught up doing God knows what. Things right. that you may not have been involved in and obviously things that you could have been involved in. Yeah. Uh, you can get caught up in stuff and then you, your rights are 
restricted yeah. by the people that will come kicking your door yeah. and come take you away if you yeah. if you violate the rules. Yeah. And so. the worst part about that was it wasn't even just the charge, it was the court system. They reset it 17 times. What? 17. Explain that. What they reset? When you go to court, basically, you go sit up there for like three hours waiting on your court case to be called. When they call your court case, they they say either we're going to proceed or the attorney's going to be like, well, we're not ready to proceed, Your Honor. We'd like to reset. They'll reset it for two to three months later. They did that 17 times. Yeah. So over the course, it, it drug out to like three years of wow. a misdemeanor case. A it, misdemeanor a case. A misdemeanor case. And so I couldn't do anything as far as job-wise. I couldn't, every time for three years behind this misdemeanor, I got pulled up behind a job. They was like, well, once you get it finalized and cleared out, then we'll, you know, we'll be able to go forward. So it messed up my jobs. I was having uh, to, to take off a day basically every single time that I went to this place. So 17 days that I could have either been working at school, uh, this and that, plus the probationary fines that I had to deal with. It was just a long drawn out process to where I couldn't have a gun for like five years almost yeah. behind something stupid, like a little, a little tiny misdemeanor. Right. So, well, do you mind me asking what it is, or if it's it was public? a it was a possession? It was uh -huh. a possession of a I think it was a gram, a gram of marijuana. Okay, you got locked up for a gram of marijuana. Right. Which, funny enough, um, not to bring up into this because you know people have their opinions. Right. But they're literally giving the stuff away now. Right. Go get it. You get some. Right. And in Colorado and several other states, I think it's over 13 states at this point. I'm I don't know the numbers. I don't keep up. Right. Like it's fine in so many places, but it's, it's interesting that your, your Second Amendment rights were restricted or um, suppressed right. because of something that... Yep, yep. couldn't even buy and, a shotgun. And they, and they, <laughs> you couldn't even buy a shotgun, and they drug it out for five years, where it could have been done within the first year, yep. within a few months. Yeah, it could have been months. done within a few months, yeah. And now, That's incredible. The, same, the same charge, if I'm not mistaken, the same charge would have been a ticket at this point. A ticket. Since, since then, it's been changed. They, they've taken it to the point now where it would have been just a ticket. Justice is funny. Right. But, you know, yeah, it, it is what it is. So wow. uh, I learned a lesson on that. Uh, so I started, you know, I try and stay out of trouble. And, um, you know, with things the way they are, you've got to be careful and, uh, you know, know your rights. Um, because if you don't know them, you'll definitely get them violated. It's not when, it's not if really, it's kind of when. Right. Uh, at least in my experience, at least. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I'm trying to learn more as far as the rights that I do have, the rights that I don't have, things like that, because that can get you in a lot of trouble as well, thinking that you have rights that you don't necessarily. Right. And things like that. So uh, right now, like I said, I'm, I'm a beginner. As far, not as far as guns, because like I said, it's been like maybe four or five years since I've been around them, but as far as taking the, you know, making a diligent effort to try and make sure that you're doing it the right way and make mm. sure that you're uh, congregating and meeting up with people that can benefit you as far as this is, is concerned. Like, if you are not doing something, they'll tell you that you're not doing something correctly. Um, Why well, try and stay away from as far as this community, because I'm sure you've heard it and seen it, there's a lot of gun snobs. And mm. I, that just, man, that just makes my butt. It's like, <laughs> when I tell you, it's like people will sit there and they'll be like, they'll, trash you just for specific things like color like just yeah. oh man you got a, a red colors on your gun so that means your gun is cheap that's trash and this and that like you yeah. don't know what this person just spent they could have spent their last on it trying to you know dip a toe into the 2a industry yeah. and you just came and just shit on it because yeah. you wanted to comment on something like that you're not benefiting them by doing that right. if you if you have something intelligent to say or something to add to what that might benefit them say that 
I, I think most of the people that I've come across, they're open to constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. But when you lead with, hey, your gun is trash, at this point, I don't want to hear nothing else you got to right, say. Right, like I don't, people, I don't, people don't shit care. what you got. Was, you could have the nicest gun on the rack, the nicest gun in the gun store. At this point, I don't give a shit what you got. You Right. Uh, there's a there's a saying that it's pretty pretty much everywhere that people do not care how much you know. They don't care how much gun knowledge, what grade of a person you are. They don't care anything about you. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And I think that applies to this. That applies to everything. Like, um, and first of all, like I'm just, I'm appalled that. That's kind of been your experience, like, and that's that's been a lot of our experience. Not necessarily mine. I, somehow I've avoided it, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, I was like, there's a lot of folks out there who who buy that cheap uh, first gun, who buy the sky, who buy the high point, who buy the um, used X, Y, and Z that's anodized in an interesting color mm -hmm. that's been spray painted by hand. Right. And it, you know, my gun snobs out there are like, ah. How dare you? Right. And sometimes it's for a reason because right. some of those guns are just less reliable. And that, that maybe they're saying it to themselves, but to your face, they'll be right. like, hey, bro, uh, here's a good tip for the next one that you get. Get one of these. It's a great gun. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And most people would be okay with that. Yeah. Well, when somebody says, hey, that gun is a piece of shit, and then you respond, and they'll be like, oh, well, you just don't want to hear any criticism or this and that. Well, you didn't give any constructive criticism. Right, All like, you did is just came and shit on me. Yeah, that's not even, to me, it's not even criticism at that point. You're just taking a dump or like, right. get out of here. Right, and that's that's the thing that I, I despise in the gun community. It's like, it, it doesn't happen as much when you call it out, and it definitely doesn't happen in person because yeah. most of the people that say that kind of stuff <laughs> say it behind a keyboard and don't even have a profile picture to go with right. it. But, like, just have thick skin, like, and, and one other thing that I can say about people who were like, you know, you need to buy this top shelf, this and that. Was your first car a Mercedes-Benz? Was your first car a Bentley? How are you going to know what's good if you haven't shot what's bad? How mm -hmm. are you going to know what's good if, if you don't know what doesn't work reliably, mm -hmm. reliably and things like that? So they're taking the longer route. Yeah. But say you were to be handicapped to not have your Atlas or not have your Staccato or not have your you know, top tier, whatever this and that, would you still be able to shoot the same with the, the Palmetto, Palmetto State one? Would mm -hmm. you be able to shoot the same with, with the Century one mm -hmm. and things like that? Now, if you can do both of those, look, I'm willing to hear whatever you have to say. But if you want to have never even shot this, don't, don't tell me how terrible it is. Or right. you, can, you can suggest something that you think might work better, but don't say this is trash. I, I borrowed it from a buddy one time when I was at the range. That doesn't tell me shit. That just means that you didn't have a good experience with that one time. You shot yeah. There's people out there that are cold-blooded with the high point. Like, right. I would never choose that myself. But there are people that are proficient with anything out there. If you mm -hmm. work with it long enough and you learn the ins and outs of that particular system, you can be good as anybody out there. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting because there's people who will even um, cap on uh, clocks and say, oh, clocks are trash, or oh, you're shooting that plastic gun, or oh, you need a, you need a good old-fashioned this or that, um, you need a, a, a 1911 or something much better, or oh, I only shoot this type of gun, I only shoot a, a Sig Legion or something really kind of up there, or uh, a gun with a hammer on it, steel frame, X, Y, and Z, and it's like, bro, there are people who can shoot the lights out with a bone stock clock. Right. I mean, everybody is used everywhere, mm -hmm. but you're, you're you're getting mad at a Glock? Like, God forbid I bring anything that's not $500. Thank you. And there's, there's some really, 
It's, it's interesting that we're talking about this because there's actually really, really great options at the $300 range. And for, for those who want to get into guns and maybe they see that $200 gun and they're thinking about saving that $50 to $100, perhaps it's a good idea to, to try to pony up a little bit more to get into that, that safer tier, that more right. reliable tier. Right. And I always recommend that. I'm not, I'm not here advocating, oh, go buy the cheapest gun you can find because that's yeah. honestly, it's not a great idea. Right. But at the, on the other side, you're never going to please everybody. And so if somebody's um, trashing your gun, like, yeah. that's your gun. They have to buy their guns. At the end of the day, if you have to defend yourself, they're probably not going to be there with you right. with their $2,000 gun right. um, burning it down. Like, right. it's, it's not going to happen. Yep, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, man. So let's, let's keep going with your story, bro. Um, where was I at about the, uh, the last guy? Um, bit your cheek and then oh, you said yeah. you haven't seen him since yeah i haven't seen him since then um but it's just instances like that where i'm at the point where i'm like i'm not taking any losses as far as my life my family's life um uh, i'm not taking any more losses as far as property and things like that now there's a it's a slippery slope when you talk about protecting your property um obviously i'm not going to go shoot somebody down because i see that they're they just went in my glove compartment, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Things like that, they'll land you in jail. A lot of people don't realize that yeah. as well. And, and you gotta that, live with that. Right, yeah, so you just went to jail. Even if you get off, you think about it, you gotta justify to yourself and live with killing somebody behind taking your iPad out of your, out of your car. You yeah. know, something like that. If, you're not, if you don't have a child in the car, or if you don't have a family member in the car, or it's, you don't have a, a sneaking suspicion that they're gonna try and run you down with this car, or things like that, there's a lot of instances where people think that you're justified to defend yourself using lethal force yeah. when you're really not. So I think it's really important that people know these laws, especially when it comes to self-defense and standing your ground yeah. and being the aggressor and not being the aggressor and how the dynamic can change in the middle. It can start one way and end another way and just having an understanding of that can, sa can save you from a lot of stuff. Right, um, I'm reminded of this story of a guy who, he was in the right, he was, um, he was at an ATM. Some guys started to roll up behind him on foot. Yeah, I saw he it. turned around, smoked one of them. They all scattered. He drove off, came back around after picking up the guy's gun, came back around in his car, and emptied the, emptied the mag on him. Yep. He was I on the ground. It. I had to watch the video twice because the first time I saw it and he pulled up, I was like, well, what the hell? What, what's he going to jail for? And then right. I had watched it again. It was like, and it showed him coming back around. It turns out he was on the phone saying that he was being shot at as he was shooting the guy that he had already shot that was laying down on the ground. So I'm like, dude. Like, I'm, not, I'm not sure what his plan what was. you thinking? How crazy he actually is in the head. Like, that's wild, bro. Yep. Like, and that's, that's completely unacceptable. And that's not, that's not normal. And that's not the standard that 99.999% of people in the gun community will have mm -hmm. or anybody who's a responsible gun owner. Like, they're not about that. Like, it's, right. not, it's not something we're interested in. Right. But... And that's Not another everybody thing. who's in the community who owns a gun is right. Right, and that's another thing that I, no that I noticed in the video they didn't speak on, but I'm not sure if anyone else noticed it, but when they do, like, they first show him turn around and starts firing his shots, his shirt is a two-way shirt, and it's got, like, a pistol on it. What? Yeah, he's got a two-way pistol shirt on. So things like that you don't think are really a big deal, but if you're in a court and they turn around and say, hey, you had the Punisher, on the side of your on the side of your gun mm -hmm. that means that you were out there looking to kill somebody and things like that yeah. when you just thought it looked cool yeah or same thing with the shirt they were like well he was out there. he's a vigilante he's out there looking for somebody to shoot and this yeah. and that and adding 
things like that. So I'm kind of cognizant of that now that when I think about the things that I wear, like some shirts will be, they'll look cool yeah. and it's a cool idea yeah. and things like that. But then I turn around, I'm thinking, okay, well, if something was to pop off, they're going to look at me first. Yeah. They're going to look at me as either a threat or somebody that they need to make sure is not an issue uh, first off. Yeah. So, and if, if there is a question as who who is the aggressor and things like that, if they walk up and they see one guy has a uh, around and find out type shirt on and yeah. the other guy doesn't look like somebody who's in the midst of being the aggressor, the police officer automatically is probably going to look at you and be like, you're the aggressor. I need to either calm or I need to, uh, you know, subdue this individual before mm -hmm. I find out what's going Take on. Take you on for questioning. Right. Things More likely like to spend a lot of time dealing with them versus... Right. Right. The opposite. Right, exactly. So I'm all for shouting two-way amendment freedoms and things like that, but sometimes you're bringing the wrong type of attention to yourself and you're just making your day a little more difficult. Yeah, and I, I wonder, and in my, in my opinion, I know this to be true, I think we spend a lot of time obsessed um, with certain things to the point where we can't like think of things clearly. For example, I think there are certain things in the 2A community where we are often like obsessed with watching a lot of videos of people getting killed, people getting just smoked, We're, like desensitized with violence. Right. So that when things, when things pop off or when situations happen, you see a lot of guys in comment section, oh, I would have emptied the mag on him. I would have did X, Y, and Z. And you know, just like, these seem like sensible American guys, but then you see them in the comment section saying like, stuff that is really it's incriminating yeah. like if you if you yeah. actually said that that would incriminate you right and that's another thing like I grew up you hear all the time people saying things like if you're gonna pull it out use it mm -hmm. that isn't always the answer now I agree don't pull it out unless you're prepared to use right. it. right but just because you pull it out doesn't mean you have to use it yeah. and I've also heard people say dead men tell no tales so in an instance of a gunfight you're best to just might as well kill him, so that way the only story that is going to be questioned is yours. And I've, I've heard crazy stuff like that, Right. and obviously that's not a, a smart way to think um, no. in, in any train of state of sense. But, right, it's not right. Like, right why but, would you say that? But if you don't have anybody to turn around and tell you, like, what? Why would That doesn't make sense. All I'm going off is what I hear what I've seen, the people that I know that are carrying illegally, just like I might have been carrying illegally, mm -hmm. and things like that. So I didn't have a, a mentor or someone to tell me what is appropriate, not appropriate, mm -hmm. what's legal, what's not legal, what's smart, what's not smart, things like that. My parents are from the East Coast, so they weren't, they didn't grow up with this type of same, you know, guns yeah. of being around or seeing people open carry with a pistol at the grocery store. They're not used to seeing that kind right. of stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, traumatize me or shock me anymore just because I grew up in Texas. Is, you know, I got a gun cabinet built into my house. Like that's yeah, that's, that's awesome. It was built like that. So. You know, and that's actually something that I wanted to bring up earlier, but slipped my mind. Um, is that for a lot of us, in the in the same way that a lot of folks are like first generation um, college students in, in certain homes, a lot of us are first generation gun owners. Like, in the sense that. Really, not, not in several generations, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, did anybody own a gun outside of the military, or did anybody carry on a regular basis, or shoot, or talk about it openly? Right. It was like, oh, we had a shotgun in the house, but that's not, 
that's, that's how I grew up. Like, we had guns in the house, but my parents just never shot them. Like, right. They would never shoot them. My dad has a shotgun that I don't think I've ever seen him shoot once. Right. Um, my mother, she has a pistol. I've never seen her shoot once. I'm trying to get her to come out of her, you mm -hmm. know, her comfort area or whatever and go shooting with me, but that's baby steps with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as my dad, he thinks he's Rambo, but like I said, I've never seen him shoot it. I've never right. seen him shoot I actually have one of his guns that I'm keeping because I don't want him to be in this instance where I find out on the news that, hey, your, your dad is the one who shot somebody at the grocery store because he, he ran up on him. You know, wow. you know, something like that. Like, because my father has multiple sclerosis, wow. so his his mental processes aren't the same that they were. So, yeah. like, he may act a little different than he acted 20 years ago, and he doesn't realize the only people that know it are people that know him from 20 years yeah. ago. So, people may take a offense to something that he says or his mannerism, but he doesn't realize that it's something that he's doing that would that would make somebody frustrated. So. I just don't want to have that in the equation, you know? I wonder if we in the 2A community are so... Sometimes we'll talk about mental health in regards to like active shooters. Like, oh man, the guy shot up the place. Obviously, uh, guns don't kill people. People who are mentally ill kill people. But oftentimes I don't really see people kind of diving into like, okay, if somebody does have mental illness, are we, are we willing to step in, even on the family level, and remove firearms or dangerous items from the home? Like, are we, are we willing to do that? And I'm not advocating either way. Maybe you have an opinion on it, and that's, mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I find that I'm not around those conversations, and I'm around a lot of two-way conversations. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what your opinion is. I know you said with your dad you, you did remove a firearm. I, just, I think that sometimes it's a fine line, and people who are outside looking in are easy to say that this person doesn't need to do this, or this person shouldn't be trusted with this and this and that. And the only people that can really say that are people that know them intimately. Um, mm. There are people, if they display, obviously, if they display things or actions or things like that that are you know universally known as red flag type of issues then that's one thing but if you have somebody who they say oh well he's he gets angry i saw him shouting at the the, the soccer game uh this weekend and he almost got into it with the referee um i think that we may, we may need to call in and have him put on the red flag law because uh we seen that he gets frustrated easily and we know that he has guns so we're gonna go ahead and red flag him so it, it's a real slippery slope when you start telling letting other people say who's able to uh, justifiably carry or own firearms. Mm -hmm. If it's not a, a world, like across the board type of criteria, um, then it's really hard to, to say, that, you know, yeah. something like that. And if it's not made by a, a third party, someone who is, has no skin in the game one way or the other, um, it's sometimes it's kind of tough to get a straight answer also. Yeah, that's, that's hard, right. that's hard. I do want to know, I guess, a little bit about you and kind of how you got into firearms specifically, like YouTube channel stuff. Because, you know, most people don't have a YouTube channel. Right. Not, not one that they post to on a regular basis. Right. Um, so why did you decide to actually start a YouTube channel? That's kind of a big step. Well, I started the YouTube channel, one, because my daughter is super into YouTube and she was always, yeah. you know, she's always trying to get me to go and uh, do a channel with her and things like that. And, and I was like, well, let me go check and see, you know, what kind of, you know, people are out there actually doing this. And there's there's a lot of people that do gun tubing, but there's not a lot of 
gun tubers that look like me, you know? Yeah. And if they are like me, they may be a little further up in the spectrum, so they people can't seem to identify with them as easily. Yeah. Um, you know, you got people like Colleen Noir. Um, I'm just, don't hate me if I said your name wrong, man. I, I just realized I was saying it wrong for like ever. I didn't realize I was saying it wrong. I was saying Colin Noir. Like oh, Colin yeah, well, Noir. you know his name is Collins. Collins? Yeah, that's his actual name. Okay, yeah, because I was like, man, I, I was like, I don't want to say his name wrong because I heard people saying like Coleon Noir. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Coleon. Um, like, but, um, so there's a lot of people out there that are still doing this, but as far as people like us, yeah. um, there's not a ton of them. And the people that are out there, like I said, the, the, the gap, the, the, the gap of knowledge is really vast. So you've got yeah. some people that know nothing and some people that know everything. And then once you start getting the people that know everything, I've noticed that sometimes even all skin folk ain't kin folk. So right. when they start getting to a certain level, some people will look at you like, oh, well, you're not on my level. Then you right. need to get here before I can even really yeah. have a conversation with you. Right. And then you have also have people that are really at a high level who you would never know of speaking to them, like Black Rambo. Mm -hmm. Dude is super down to earth, super cool, talk yeah. to you, give you advice if you want and joke with you. Rank back and forth, you know, rank means like make fun of back and forth, dirty dozen, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Like he's a real cool dude, real fun dude from the time that I know him. I'm not gonna act like I'm his best friend or anything. Sure. But the you know, the time that I spoke with him and the dealings that I've seen with other people with him, he seems like a real stand up, you know, stand up guy. So Yeah, yeah. That's the vibe. I've never actually run it run across him in person, but all the all the times that I've seen him interact with folks and the people that I've seen him interact with, uh, it's just been cool. Right. Like no big deal. Yeah. He's definitely a cool guy, somebody I hope to, you know, spend some more time with and do some more content creation and things with uh, real soon. Yeah, um, just saying there's a lot of up-and-comings, too, like uh, GHG Hustle is another mm -hmm. one. Um, I met him at, last, at the last meetup we had Yeah, I think he just passed... Uh, 200K. 200K. Yeah. Last time I saw he was like 180. Yeah, wow. Two, over 200K. Good, good for him, man. Bro, I'm happy say, But I didn't realize is they said that he had like almost a half a million TikTok followers. And then they shut down his TikTok account. Of course account. they did. Right. So of course they did. He's definitely the the target from a lot of hate as well. So yeah. that's something like you see all the time. People go into his comments and say, if this isn't a reason for gun control, I don't know what is. Or yeah. I can't believe y'all letting him put these up and y'all won't let me post mine and things like that. Everybody bro, hate is going to hate, bro. Um, like, obviously, I don't, I don't watch his stuff on a very regular basis. No offense, it's nothing against uh, GHD. I just don't watch it on a regular basis. That said, I, I do you know, want to just continue to advise him like, bro, as much as you can be very safe in your videos, just continue to be very safe. All the stuff that I've seen, he's been you know, pretty safe. Like right. he's not doing anything crazy, right. not muzzling himself. He's always talking about firearm safety and doing stuff legally. Right. And on, on a serious note, for those people who are low-key racist, if I'm talking about you and you get hurt, like, that's too bad, like, check your heart. Um, the people who, who are hating on him and being like, oh, well, this is why we need to have gun control, like, check it out. If he's actually promoting, because he, he's talking to a different demographic, right, I feel, right. than most people really right. feel that needs to be talked to in regards yeah. to firearms. Yeah. A lot of the cats he's talking to are from a more urban environment, right. unless I'm mistaken. Right, and you can't tell, I can't tell you how many times I see, like, because I, I follow him, mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how many times you'll see people posting, like, man, you're the reason I went to go get this, or mm -hmm. I went to go do this instead of just carrying, or this and that. Like, that's what I want. I've got people, you know, that have told me that as well, like people that are hitting me up now, and of course, you got people up like, hey man, can can you get me this gun, you know, a ghost gun, or can you get me this, or can you get me a switch, or this and that, yeah. and all that. Like, no, I can't. But right. let me tell you what you can get, and how you can get it legally. 
And that's that's kind of where we're at because a lot of people don't don't even think that you can legally have a gun, so they figure their first step, let me try and go get a ghost gun. Let me go get one out of the homeboy's trunk. Don't know if it's got bodies on it. Don't know right. any of that. They just, hey, he's going to sell me this Draco for, for 400 Right. Well, that's for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you go online, like, I know there's so many Draco haters. That's why I had that shirt as Draco Most Hated. Yeah. Like, there's so many people out there that will sit there, and they'll turn around and pay almost up to now, like, almost $1,500, almost $2,000 for, for a, just a regular Draco. For one regular Draco. Just a Draco. regular Draco. And that's then you wild, got some bro. people that wouldn't pay $150 for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just a matter of what you're looking for. It's not something that I personally would use as my self-defense, but I got two Dracos. Mm -hmm. They're fun to shoot. They carry that 7.62 round. You can put them in a backpack. Um, the things that you need to know about them is, one, how, how hard is that, that round going to hit? What's it going to go through? And if you don't know these things, if you've never shot it before, things like that, you go walking around with a Draco in your backpack and don't realize the dude that you just stopped, the bullet went through him, and killed the little girl that was across the street. Wow, yeah. You know? I mean, so that's, that's knowing he, your target and what's right, beyond it. Right, even just rounds, like even yeah. just as a full metal jacket as opposed to a hollow point on pistols will make a difference. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people don't realize that things. I know I'm still learning as far as grains on, you know, different ammunitions. And, right. You know, I was thinking at one point, oh, well, I'll stagger them. You know, I have this type of ammunition, this self-defense round, and this type of self-defense round to stagger it, and that'll be cool with this and that. But they're different grains. Yeah. So it's like, you just set yourself up. You thought you was gonna be super, super like deadly, but now you just made yourself super dead by trying to do something without yeah, doing any research. Different firearms feed different, right. different weapon. I'm sorry, different ammunition feeds through weapons differently, and like doing crazy stuff like that, that might get you killed. Like right, exactly. I know people joke about, oh, oh, that'll get you killed. Oh, that'll get you killed. I'm sure you get a lot of hate on your oh, videos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, doing that'll get you killed. But yeah. it's like, oh, that that will actually get you killed. Yeah. And for a, a lot, there's a lot of people who say stuff like that. And in reality, no, that won't get you killed. Like, um, there's this cat who critiqued uh, a female firearm instructor who was drawing from a, uh, a fire holster. holster. Right. And he went in and he, he critiqued her on X, Y, and Z. It's gonna burn your flesh, it's gonna do X, Y. And he just went in and he started saying a lot of things that are more personal. So at that point, I, I really couldn't take him too seriously. Like, right. okay, if you're giving an actual critique, I would prefer that you you went to her and mm. you know gave her the critique and gave her the opportunity to put out a correction or take the video down or right. something like that. But he's already saying a lot of things that were very personal and some things that were actually kind of inappropriate. Right. So I was like, wow, okay. Um, so that, that's the two-way community. I know we were talking about it a little bit, the community at large. I feel that it can be a little bit toxic in that regard where we, we are elitist in regards to weapons. We're elitist or um, when it comes to um, tactics and um, preference and holster and preference and um, drawing method and yes there are certain things that are inherently safer inherently better but in a world where uh, I might be wearing a dress today I might be doing this and I might be doing that and I want to blend in I want to go more gray man than I do I want to look like tactical or whoever um, the options are going to look a little differently and I think as long as you're really training and actually getting after it and you know drawing, holstering, uh, putting a few rounds down range, reholstering in, in your training to actually see if these things work, then maybe we can talk about like, right. okay, this works and this doesn't work and you're right. gonna burn your thigh and X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, but before you do that and before you actually see it in practice, I don't wanna hear your mouth. Right. Like I don't, right. like you're not impressive to me, right. shut right. up. And that's something that, that I'm glad you mentioned that. 
uh, that I want to start doing as well because they mentioned it earlier. They brought out that Mantis dry fire thing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that don't necessarily have access to like somewhere like this where they can even just say zero uh, an optic, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. So they're left at trying to zero an optic in an apartment. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't work. A lot of guys don't have help. Right. A lot of guys don't have community and like outdoor ranges. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of uh, a gun club who I have a lot of guys who have a lot of experience. They've trained with some of the best guys around the country and they're there and they can actually tell me like, all right, this is how you zero your gun. You right. want to take the wrench and you want to, a few ticks here, a few ticks here. You want to stand back a certain amount of feet. You, you want to, if you're going to zero it from, for a hundred yards, you got to, you got to be at this amount. And things like that, th that free game that you get when mm -hmm. being a part of gun clubs in different communities, whether it be online or in person, in person is actually preferable, but at least online, um, that could potentially save your life because right. God forbid you have to use a firearm that's not uh, uh, with a dot that's not zeroed right. like that will get you killed or you might kill somebody that you um, did not intend to strike right. um, so yep. definitely definitely yep. I encourage everyone to to get in there and find different communities look up on uh, my sister's keeper has uh, a registry of all the different um, it's a national self-defense registry, so like firearm instructors, different clubs, different uh, black-owned gun stores, um, and all these are um, black-owned. And it's always in the it's always in the link in the bio. So if y'all want to go ahead and look in the uh, bio, you can see that um, it should help you out. But get in community. Um, I don't I don't think we mentioned this, but we're actually at a range day set up by. Um, yes, sir. Everyday shooter, we're, we're super yeah. excited to to be here. Thank you for putting it on, man. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun time seeing all these different folks out here, yep. just having a great time shooting. Yep. And events like this that sensitize people to their rights and to um, people who are being safe, because you know, at the end of the day, like there's a lot of guys who they can shoot, mm -hmm. but they're not exactly safe. Right. Um, and really, so I don't I don't really care how good you can shoot if you're not being safe, right? Right. Um, so it's good to see people in community learning how to be safe or being safe and showing younger cats how to be safe. Um, that's a big deal for me. So thank you for putting on the event, bro. No problem, man. Just so y'all know, it was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, it was kind of last minute. Uh, if I do it again, it would probably have a few things different, probably as far as, like, just the signage, uh, you know, just having it more co uh, collaborated with the, the gun range as far as from one area to the next. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as the pistol and everything here, it was a super, you know, super cool event. It had some people that were brand new to shooting that were open to, uh, to help. And you had some people that were a little higher up. Like I had a guy who was uh, acting as a range safety officer today, helped a lot of people out with things that they asked for. Another guy, Nate, um, not sure if he has a tube or not. My bad, no, Nate. just on ground. Okay. But yeah, Nate, he was helping people out uh, that asked for help. Had some people who just wanted to shoot. They were open to do that. Um, pretty much it all went off without a hitch. Nobody fell out this time, Zach. <laughs> Nobody fell out this time. Uh, everybody seemed to be, uh, you know, stay hydrated for the most part. And again, it was another scorcher out here in Texas for everybody who's not used to it. It was hot, bro. Super hot. It was hot. Yeah, so, but I appreciate y'all for having me. Uh, I've been watching you guys, like what you're doing. I'm just glad I got to get in while the wave wasn't super big. You know, I know yeah. once the price go up, it's gonna be hard to get off. Yeah, well, you know, I, I always, I always do want to be able to 
um, get people from all over the spectrum. And I, I don't know that it's going to be that way forever, mm -hmm. just because I can't predict the future. But my heart is to make sure that um, guys from all over the spectrum, people can hear from them. I had a lady telling me today, like, hey, you know, I feel like, and she, she has, she's obviously not seen all the shows, but she's like, you know, I feel like your shows are uh, targeted towards black men. And I was like, some of the episodes, yes. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the episodes do deal with black issues. Some of the shows do deal with uh, issues that black men will face in regards to owning a firearm. But some of them deal with uh, females in regards to domestic violence situations. Um, I had a, a mom in her 40s come on the show, new, newish gun owner who was on a, a gun owning journey. Uh, and I thought that was really important for people who really want to kind of experience um, or I guess vicariously experienced gun ownership through her through her eyes, um, and I've also had uh, did I say domestic violence? Mm -hmm. That I, the most recent episode, the season finale of the the last episode I just dropped, had to do with um, a military veteran, um, combat veteran who um, dealt with some serious stuff overseas, dealt with racism in the military, um, but that wasn't the focus. Of right. the show, but when he came back, he also had to deal with being a private security officer and actually having to take someone's life and some of the stuff that kind of goes into that. Right. Um, so, really, I, I want to continue to kind of get a broad range of folks in here um, from all over, and I'm super, super excited that you could actually be a part of this, bro. Thank you so much for coming no on. No problem. Man. Thanks, y'all. I um, appreciate you. So, before we wrap up, I do have a few audience questions. Some of them we actually already hit. All um, right. Um, one of them off the top of my head is actually, um, why do you like AK so much? Uh, well, honestly, I grew up watching a lot of movies, especially yeah. like 80s, 90s. Yeah. And that's like a pop icon right there, the yeah. AK. Like, it's just iconic. It's iconic, right? Yeah. So on top of that, um, I like the durability um, the functionality, the, you know, it's supposed to be keep running through mud, dirt, whatever, steel, grass, whatever. That 6-2 round, it's going to pop. You know, mm -hmm. if you even touch something with it, it's sitting you down. You're going to sit down for a second. Now, as far as the ARs, I love ARs as well because I'm a tinkerer. I love building stuff. Mm -hmm. And as far as the AKs, it's kind of limited as far as the things that you can do for them as far as, compared to AR at least. Yeah. Um, you're kind of limited. Um, but as far as the AK, I like the round. Um, I like the, uh, I just I just like the, the all all out make and just persona of the AK, yeah. really. It's, it's not that it it's works better. Yeah, it's not that it works better than the AR. The AR is different, you know? It's just, I like the AK because I grew up wanting an AK for one. You know, people who grew up wanting a Desert Eagle, love Desert Eagles. Some people don't like Desert Eagles. They jam yeah. a lot, you know, some people, but they, like, you can't tell me if you grew up in the 80s or 90s that you haven't wanted to shoot a Desert Eagle. Right. You can't tell me. It's just not, it, it's not in the wheelhouse. It doesn't, right. it doesn't compute for me. Uh, but as far as the AK, it's more or less just because I, from what I, my experience and from what I hear, they'll run through anything. They'll eat up whatever you put in them. They'll shoot it out. Um, as far as the AR, AR, they're a little more temperamental as far as of uh, grit, dirt, not cleaning as much, 
Um, but I haven't had a ton of issues with that either. So yeah. sometimes I mean, a lot of these ARs are built well enough nowadays that as long as you put the right round in them, right, um, they'll run through a lot. Right. But there are going to be some that really can't handle. Right. Um, right. The latest one I'm looking at, actually, the one, the la last weapon that I'm working on right now, is a it's a hybrid. It's a newer gun uh, from M&M Industries. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a mixture between a AR and AK and FL. Uh, FAL and like a SIG 553 type type weapon. You're gonna have to send me that. Yeah, I, I've got it actually in the car. Um, once I go over there, that's one of the guns that I'm gonna, I'm gonna be shooting. But um, I I tried to see if maybe it, it could get the best of both worlds. Um, but it's just a different gun. I like stuff that's different. I don't yeah. want to go like it's nothing wrong with Glocks, but everybody has one. So right. that's not gonna be my it's first the choice. <laughs> right. So it's not gonna be my first choice. Doesn't mean that it's not a good gun or it's not that, that I don't want it, but. When I go for stuff, I look for something that's a little different, like, yeah. um, like that, or like the shotgun that you saw me shoot earlier, yeah. or the ARs that I build and things like that. I try and make them my own, or you know, give them a little personality. Yeah. Um, I got I recently got a, a part that I'm not sure if I'm glad I got it or not. Uh, that rare breed I just heard about, some kind of uh, paper that was put out there. So I like, allegedly, I'm, I haven't. That's why I haven't even taken that out the out the box. Like, allegedly, <laughs> right? So I'm I'm gonna wait to hear anything with that. As far as that, I just hope I just didn't waste any money. All right, that would suck. Though, um, let's go ahead and get some more audience questions. Is classism in the civilian two A community something toxic, or can it be used to progress as a shooter? That's kind of like what we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah, we, we did talk about that a little bit earlier. Right, so I definitely think that it can be toxic for sure at its most basic level. Um, and it can be constructive also depending on who's receiving it. Because some people, it, you, it's impossible to hurt their feelings. Anything that you say, they may not have liked how you said it. They may not mess with you afterwards. Mm -hmm. But they're still going to, okay, well, what he said did make some sense. So yeah. I'm still going to take that. I don't mess with him. Like he's not somebody I'd ever speak to again if right. I ever had an opportunity. So I mean, it can be constructive, right? But so it's just a matter of pride. that toxicity could, you know, drive a rift, right? And and, and as far as um, the classism thing, I mentioned earlier about how some people aren't willing to even have a discussion with you if you're not in the tier of class of of rifle that they think is is worth talking to. So mm -hmm. like, if you ask them, "Hey, this is what I just built," and they're like, "Oh man, that that's trash." You think that person's going to ask you the same question they came to you genuinely about to ask you, yeah. or they're just going to be like, "Oh, all right, well, you know what? F you. You you ain't this. You ain't that." At that point, the whole camaraderie, the yeah. question, everything is going out the window. So, just like in real life, a lot of things get stirred up, and the, the end result is never met or never found because nobody even heard the question or heard the suggestion because of how you came at that right. person. And so the question being, just in case that the mics didn't pick it up, is classism uh, helpful or toxic in regards to progressing people in the 2A community? I, I will I'll actually give my answer and then I'll let, you, I'll let you finish. I think there is a lot of classism in regards to military versus civilian versus law enforcement versus civilian versus military versus uh, where you SWAT, where you are just a regular beat cop, where you special forces or where you working behind a desk versus, uh, well, did, do you even have family in the military or are you just a regular civilian? Are you rich or are you poor? Are you white or are you uh, a different complexion? Um, right. And just 
there's so much classism in there. And a lot of it can drive us apart, but I think conversations that are coming from a sincere place and genuine place, like, hey bro, uh, I'm not trying to say anything sideways to you. I do, I've done some research and I think you would be better served doing something like this. You can say it, and if you say it right, it's not what you say, bro, it's right. how you say it. Exactly. If you say it right, I think you can actually um, do, something, do something good for the community. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. All right, this one goes out to Atlas. The question is, what is your biggest challenge or challenges, either mentally and or physically, in your career as a shooter? So the question being, what, what are my biggest challenges or um, in regards to um, being a shooter? And I, I'll ask you the same question as well. Um, you know, that, that's actually interesting because I, I just came off of ACL surgery back in uh, December, so kind of getting back after it and being able to move and shoot and get down on one knee, that's actually been my biggest physical challenge. Um, but a lot of the, the challenges that I've had to overcome mentally is just kind of like, all right, get out there, go dry fire. You're sitting down, you're doing nothing, go ahead, unload the firearm, um, clear it out, dry fire. Go ahead and get 15 reps in. Why not? So doing things to really um, improve my discipline and also to get better as a shooter, improve my just overall mechanics, my, you know, my punching out, you know, just all that. It, it's, it's on me, you know, that, that's, that's what I deal with. What about you, man? Uh, for me, the hardest thing is just getting out. Like, yeah. Honestly, like I, I, I have a, a wife who is currently on the tail end of her deployment, so she should be coming back next week. Oh, thank you for her service. Right. Um, thanks, we are. But it's been like six months, well, eight months, actually, of her being gone. And I had, like I said, I have two daughters. Yeah. So, and I'm working, working from home as well. Man. So it's, it's like, like single dad life, basically. Right, right. So it's tough to get out um, as much as I'd like to, to get out and train and practice and shoot and things like that. Even dry firing is a little tough with, you know, other kids in the house. I, I get that. Uh, so it's like, I can't, I don't want. I don't want them to think that it's a toy. So I don't. I don't really let them see me handling it very much. Yeah, it's um, not. It's probably not the right time for them. Right. So, um, dry firing is, is tough, but um, I just need to try and find ways of making uh, time for myself to get out there and, and make make it worth the trip. You know, it's mm -hmm. fun to go out and just shoot some stuff up, but like unless you just unless you came back with doing something better or working on something specifically or something like that you just went out there just for just some range therapy yeah and i i would i'm gonna second exactly that i had uh will or i run and gun on the show a couple episodes back so if y'all want to go back and check that one out it's cool he's a competition shooter mm -hmm. out of delaware and an instructor and he's been doing this for a while like since like the 90s competition mm -hmm. shooting and whatnot and he said like when you go train he used to go with his training buddy. He would, him and his buddy would work on one or two things. And that's what they would work on. They wouldn't right. work on all the different stuff. Oh, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna work on my transitions. Now I'm gonna work on moving and shooting. And I'm gonna work on going to one knee, X, Y, and Z. One or two things right. the entire trip so that they can come back better. Because right. all that other stuff you can do at home. Right. Like if you're being honest. Exactly. So I think that's great. We're gonna take one last question and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. I know we've been here for a while. No thanks, thanks guys, appreciate y'all. Yeah. Uh, it says, how important is physical appearance as an instructor, in your opinion? Ooh. I go first if you want. Go ahead. Um, as far as an instructor's appearance, I'm not going to say it doesn't play a part because 
let's just be honest, it does. Like if you see a dude who looks like Napoleon Dynamite, are you gonna think that he's necessarily gonna be at the same level as say somebody like Combat Cause? You know, somebody like that who looks like they've been through some stuff, like they've actually gone through some, some, some deep training and came out the other side with a whole lot of knowledge to give. Now that, that can also deter you from getting some good training. There are some people that may not look like they're awesome, but would basically run circles around whoever you think is good. Mm -hmm. So you can't be like, a, like just like there are gun snobs, you can, it, it's the same way as pickup basketball. Like, you'd have the people who come up there, we had the, the Jordans and they had the Iverson sleeve on and they got the headband and all that and they stand on the sideline, they look like they just, and they get out there and they can't play. Mm. That's the worst thing. So if you go out there, I, I purposely would go out there trying to look like I don't, I'm not either way. I don't look like I know everything. I don't look like I know nothing. But it, it, I don't think it plays as big a factor as, as you would think, but it does play a factor, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think you made a great point about the guys on the sideline wearing, wearing the nice gear or even gear, period. And really, they don't know nothing, right, bro? Like, we had some guys here. Um, I'm, I don't know anything about them. I don't know their character. I don't know their personality. No, mm -hmm. nothing about them. But some of them are wearing some, some nicer um, gear or gear that implies that they're, they're about it like that. Right. Like, they got, they got the this, they got the that, they got the knife, they got the... And it's like... But can you actually use it, or is this kind of like your your range outfit? Is right. this is this is this your your your, your get up? Like, is this what you wear when you want to impress the ladies? Yeah. Like, Because yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, you could wear a regular T-shirt, some some cargo pants, and some boots, yeah. and shoot the lights at the gym. Like, yeah. you could go crazy. Yeah. Or you could you can look like a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. Like, you could have your plate vest. You could have your your Solomon shoes, your uh, tactical pants. You could have grenades and rocket launchers yeah. <laughs> and not have any purpose in your life. Like, yeah. not be, be useless. Right. Be useless in a gunfight. So, at the end of the day, it matters what an instructor looks like. I think for all people, especially people who feel that they've been marginalized or feel like they have been counted out, um, specifically talking about my people of color, uh, if you feel that the system is not for you and it's been against you, why would you handicap yourself even more? You know, put on your best, um, you know, but your best face, put your best foot forward. I'm not saying wear a three-piece suit to the, to the range, but you know, if you got uh, things that you can improve about yourself physically to look the part, do so, why not? Why not? But also be, be sincere, be yourself. And that's my opinion. I'm not telling you what you have to do. I'm just telling you my opinion. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Woo! Good interview, man. Good we interview. got through them questions, bro. Yep. I appreciate both of you guys. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Thanks for having us out here, bro. No problem. I'm going to go out here and sweat. let out some brass. All right, man. All right. Let's go ahead and get these uh, mics on.